0: I've got some exciting things to share with you today, but uh, I'm going to dive right into the Word. Uh, Open your Bibles with me, if you will. Uh, Two verses of Scriptures we'll go to today. So you can open up to John 1, and you can put a marker there, if you will. John chapter 1. And then flip over. We will start this morning in Luke 7. Luke 7. So So put a marker in John 1 flip over to Luke 7. Uh, If you're new here, normally I read out of the New Living Translation. I will reference a number of other translations, but normally I will read out of the New Living Translation, which is where we'll begin today. If you're in Luke chapter 1, say amen. Okay. If you're now ready to follow on the screen, just say amen. Amen. That works too. All right. Don't forget, you can download our app. You can follow along on the app notes. They should be available there. Just search, search triumph church tx in the app store and you can follow along as well here we go when jesus had finished saying all this to the people he returned to capernaum and at that time the highly valued slave of a roman officer was sick and near death and when the officer heard about jesus he sent some respected jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people, and he even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word. Everybody repeat that with me. The word. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. And I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. So turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel, and when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. Say that with me, completely healed. I want to begin a new series with you today I'm excited about as we launch the first of our year, and it's based out of this idea that the Roman officer had a problem. He had an issue. Something very valuable in his life was troubled, was hurting, was sick, was dying, was in need of help. And instead of going to all of the doctors, the Roman officer made a choice. I'm going to go to Jesus and ask Jesus to send me his word. He didn't need Jesus to come. He didn't need Jesus to show up. He just needed Jesus to send the word. And in our lives, as we often all do, we begin to hear with New Year's resolutions. And New Year's resolutions are birthed out of, for the most part, looking at the areas of our life that we feel are less than are not living up to their standards, are not meeting the standards that we want to live by. We need more out of that area of our lives. The truth is that most of our New Year's resolutions start with a look in the mirror and most of them are physical in one way or another. I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to eat healthy, I'm going to get up earlier, I'm going to get more sleep, and they normally have to do with our physical bodies. This is okay. The Bible says that man looks at the outside but God looks at the heart. So we it's not that we shouldn't make those changes there's probably not many people in this room that could honestly say yeah you know what I don't really need to eat healthier this year I'm crushing it in that department so all of us could probably stand to be healthier all of us could probably uh, stand to exercise a little bit more to uh, get up earlier get rest and and all these things they're wonderful disciplines that we need in our life of Americans will actually begin this year with New Year's resolutions. resolutions. Raise your hand if you've started out with some New Year's resolutions this year. All right, well, we're not living up to the the numbers. Um, (laughs) It's a good thing I've got a word from God for you today because it was going downhill quickly. (laughs) But statistics tell us that 87% of Americans will begin their year with New Year's resolutions. The problem is that... Half of us, literally 50%, will give up on our resolutions before February the 1st. Do you know how many gym memberships... Have been sold and will never be used again. Those of you that are gym rats, you know it fills up the first two weeks in January, and then by March it's empty again, and it's just you and your same old three, faithful three, that are working out together, right? Because we do. We start out with these resolutions. We're convinced it's this is the year, and it's not. It's not just going to the gym and working out. It's you know, I'm I'm gonna eat, I'm I'm not gonna drink as much coffee this year. So you determine you're going to have one cup of coffee. And by February, you've agreed, I'm still going to have one cup of coffee, but you went from the small cup to the the Yeti cup. (laughs) Or we determine we're going to get up and we're going to pray. I'm going to get up every morning and I'm going to pray and I'm going to read my scripture. This would be a great New Year's resolution, to get up and read the Word of God every day and pray and spend time with Him. And yet... By the end of January, life has taken over again. And we end up quitting. Half of us ended up quitting. And for the other half that make it through January, most of those don't make it to Easter. Because there's some, there's some fatal flaws that go along with New Year's resolution, resolutions. There's some problems. The first is this, that, that I see. Resolutions are often outwardly focused while trying to fix internal problems. So we're looking at things in our own heart and our own life that we feel like are, we're, we're not doing well enough at. Uh, we're, we're trying to solve needs, and so we decide, you know what, if I want to get married this year, the solution to getting married this year is hit the gym, and that could solve a problem that's going on in my heart. But the fact of the matter is, just like um, I, when I think about this, I, I think about the, the Old Covenant versus the New. Uh, and guys, y'all can take that slide off the screen for me if you would. I think about the Old Covenant versus the New Covenant. And the Old Covenant, it was starting on the outside trying to fix our internal problems, but it would never work. It was done for thousands of years. It, was, it would never work, and it was never intended to work. But when Jesus came, and he wrote the law on our hearts, and he filled us with the Holy Spirit, and he saved us from our sins, now we work from the heart out. So here's the problem with resolutions. We set to-do goals rather than to-be goals. We we, we make resolutions, things we're going to do, boxes that we're going to check, but we never make real heart change because we're trying to work from the outside in, and that plan rarely works. You see, the most important part of life change isn't the things you do. The most important part of life change is heart change. If if God could change our hearts, if we could see our hearts change, it would naturally affect every area of our lives. But if we keep trying to work from the outside in, we're going to continue to be frustrated. The second problem I see is this. Resolutions are often good things, but they may not be from God. I read a book a a year or so ago. I actually had a live team uh, where we read and studied this book. And it's by John, John Bevere, and it's called Good or God? If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. But he talks about in the book how good things that seem good, that seem lovely, that seem wonderful, actually can be the very thing that is pulling us away from the God thing. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, the apple looked good to eat. It looked good uh, for fruit. It looked like it would solve all of the problems. But the good thing was not the God thing. And so when we're focusing on good things in our life, things that we probably should be doing, we get more focused on that than what God is actually saying in our lives, and we end up not following what God has for us. It's deceiving because we're chasing good things. Are you with me this morning? We're chasing things that no one can argue with. But understand this, it wasn't a good word that healed the servant. It was a God word that healed the servant. If you want the areas of your life to be completely healed, it can't just be a good thing that you're chasing. It has to be a word from God. The third problem I see is that resolutions can be too complicated to affect our entire lives. So we come up, here's what happens. There there are actually six dimensions of your lives that I want to see impacted this year, that I believe God wants to impact this year. Six dimensions of your life. The first one is this. It's the spiritual uh, impact. God wants to have a spiritual impact in your life. The second one is the physical. He wants to affect your physical life, your physical body. Thirdly, is emotional. Uh, he wants to affect our emotions this year. He wants to help you with your emotions this year. Uh, if if you felt like last year, your emotions were leading you, a word from God could t- change that around. Where instead of your emotions leading you, you're leading your emotions. Number four is relational. Relational. You wanna ha- I, I, God wants to have an impact on you in all of your relationships, your marriage, your kids, your, your, your work relationships, your friends, your, all of your relationships. Number five is mental. <laughs> I think of the words of my grandpa. My grandpa would always say, son, is your mind weak? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, But but our minds get away from us. Our minds and our emotions, they're they're both parts of our soul, but they're separate things at at the same time. And so we have emotions that's leading us one way, and we have our mind, we have our thought life that leads us a completely separate way. God wants to impact your mental state, your mind this year. Number six is your financial state. God, God wants to impact you financially. Uh, I, I, this last year was a great year for so many families in this church. I just uh, heard, and I forget where I was. Uh, I was at dinner this week with, with a couple uh, from the Beaumont campus. And they were just talking about uh, how that in the last year, God has so dramatically impacted their finances because they went to life teams and they started doing financial peace and God has turned their life around. And so not only was it a new year's resolution, but something changed in their heart and out of that, God has impacted Their financial well-being. But here's the problem. If you've got six things here, and each of those might have five different areas. I mean, if I'm looking at the relationships in my life, just alone, I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better pastor. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better person in general, all these things. So now I end up creating a resolution for all of those things. So if you take six just for the one and you create six for all six places, now I'm multiplying six resolutions per dimension times six dimensions. Are you confused yet? And I end up with 36 separate resolutions. It's no wonder we can't do it. Because you can't keep up with 36 different resolutions. You'll never do it. We can barely keep up with one much less 36. Are y'all with me today? I've got some good news for you, but some of you are staring at me. It's going to be okay. I promise I'm digging a hole, but only so that I can build you a swimming pool. It's going to be great. And so we, we end up with this complicated web of different resolutions to try to improve our life and improve this area and improve that area. The other thing is When we look at our lives in January, and and I want you to think about this. You may, may, may never have thought about this before. If all of the life change we make is based off of the problems we see that we have from December into January, so we look at our status right now, our life right now, and we say, yeah, this is what we need to work on this year. How many of you know that a lot can change between now and summer? And the things you are not struggling with in January... By summer, you can have major problems with. But if all of our resolutions have already been made, and our decisions have already been made, as our life evolves, as new storms come along, first of all, it will crush our old resolutions, and secondly, there's no room in our life to make new ones. No one has July resolutions. We don't. We have New Year's resolutions, but problems change, plans change, situations change, and so there's no ongoing plan as as your life continues to unfold for God to continue to change your life. God, you better do it all in January because you only have from January to January 30th. After that, half of us are gone. Are you with me? He struggles with New Year's resolutions. Now, if you have, for those four of you that raise your hand that you have New Year's resolutions, I'm really not trying to beat you up because I think we need resolutions, but putting all of our hope and all of our plans into a resolution is a faulty resolution. It's a faulty plan. It's not going to work long-term. What we need is heart change. What we need is a different strategy. What if this year you just had one word I love, what, I love what the Roman officer said to Jesus. Jesus, I've got a real problem here. I've got a high-value slave, a high-value servant. This is affecting my livelihood. It's affecting the function of my life. It's affecting my relationships. It's affecting all of my employees. It's affecting everything. And so Jesus, I need you to heal this person. But notice that he says, just send the word. He didn't say, Lord, I need you to send a really complicated word. I need it to be in both the Greek and the Hebrew with, uh, with, with a King James accent on it. Uh, uh, it. It really needs the proper English accent on it. He didn't say any of that. He said, Lord, just send the word. And just to clarify, he uses as an example the simple words that he gives to his people. Come, or go, or do this. Notice the simplicity of the principle that this Roman officer understood. If Jesus can just send me one word, it would change my entire life. What if one word had the power to change your entire life, to bring complete healing to every one of those six dimensions of your life? Say, well, Pastor Renan, I don't need healing in all six of them. As I just said, you don't know what you're going to need in June. You don't know if a hurricane's going to hit in August. You don't know what you're going to need. You think you can have it all together and life will change. But God does know what's coming. And what if he sent you one word that no matter what came up in your life, if you were to focus on that one word, that one word from God, it would have the power to bring complete healing in every situation. What if you had one word from God? John chapter one. I, I love these verses. You can flip over there with me if you will. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and watch right here: the word was God. So not only was the word was God, the word with God, but the word was God. Guys, if you can put my scripture on the screen, um, it would really help me today. There we go. I want you to note here that word is actually capitalized. Now, if you've been around for a while, you know what it means when they capitalize a pronoun or, or an adjective like this because it is used to describe someone. Who is this describing? Jesus, right? This is what we're talking about here. It's not a trick question. We're talking about Jesus, right? So he's, he's talking about how that Jesus is the Word and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So this is a proclamation from, from John the Beloved. Right up front, you need to understand that Jesus is God. When you read the book of John, just know this, as, as you study the book of John, John's whole point is to prove that Jesus is God. It's why he gives these signs when he talks about this was the first sign that Jesus did. John didn't just give miracles, he gave specific signs that proved that Jesus was who he said he was. He was the Son of God. All right? So right up front, he is is setting the tone. In the beginning was the Word or Jesus, and the Word was with God meaning he was in heaven from from the beginning. But not only that, the Word was God. So he's not lesser than. He's not just an angel. He is God himself. But watch right here. He existed in the beginning with God, verse 3. God created everything through him. God created everything through the Word. Here's the first thing I want you to know this morning, is that one, a a word from God has creation power in your life. When you are struggling with where you are and you need something new, a word from God has the power to create. It calls things out of the darkness and creates something new. Number two, nothing, uh, nothing was created without him. In verse four, I'm sorry. Verse 4. The Word gave life to everything that was created. The second thing that a Word from God does is a Word from God gives life. It breathes life into things. You've been struggling in your marriage. What you may not need is a new resolution. What you need is a Word from God to breathe life into your relationship. You've been struggling in your business and it just feels like it's dying. What you need is not a new marketing plan. What you need is a word from God that breathes life into your business. Are you tracking with me this morning? You're struggling in your health and you feel like you failed at everything you've ever tried before. What you don't need is a brand new plan. What you need is the word of God to breathe life into your bones. And then not only that, his life brought light to everyone so the third thing so first the word of god creates secondly the word of god gives life and thirdly the word of god reveals it reveals remember that when things are in the dark you can't see them you don't know what they are so so the uh, hebraic picture here here is when the light shines it reveals what was previously hidden here's what that means You've been hitting walls, and you didn't know you were running up against them because you couldn't see them. But God's about to reveal them, and when he reveals them, you'll know how to get around it. But that happens when he reveals, when he shines his light. There are obstacles in your way. You didn't even know they were there. Have you ever been walking through the dark, and you tripped over something, fell flat on your face, and you're looking around going, what did I just trip over? Have you ever been there? But when you turn the lights on, suddenly it reveals what was in your way and how to get around it. You need a light. And that's what a word from God does. It reveals things in our lives. I'll tell you what else the word of God will do. It doesn't just reveal obstacles. It doesn't just reveal struggles. It reveals greatness that is on the inside of you that you didn't even know was there. The Word of God reveals hidden gifts and hidden talents and hidden capabilities and and things that you can do that you never thought you could do. But when a Word from God shines on them, you will see more in yourself than you ever could have before because you see what your Creator made you to be. The Word of God creates, it gives life, and it reveals. But we need this Word from God. this year, I was—I've been praying for a while as um, we were—we were planning, and as I always do, getting ready to say, "God, what are you? What are you saying for triumph for this year? What are you saying for our life this year? What do you want for us? What do you need for us?" And I kept hearing just one word, and I was frustrated with God because I couldn't get any more than just a single word. I'm like, "Lord, a single word can't help me. I need like an entire chapter or so." <laughs> I'm a strategist. I'm a, I'm a why and I'm a how person. And so I really like it when you tell me exactly how something should be done and I will go give it everything I have. But God, unfortunately, doesn't always speak like that. Can I get an amen? amen. And so I was getting this, this one word from God over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until the point it was annoying. And I was struggling. And all of a sudden, um, just in, in December... I'd been frustrated by this for a couple of months, really, just seeing 2018 and, and knowing that God has big things for us, and yet couldn't get past this one word and begging God to speak to me. And my dad sends me, uh, me and, and Pastor Ron Olivier, our, our uh, lead pastor in Triumph Angleton, and he sends us a link and says, you need to read this book. Well, it's a book that I had read pieces of before and articles from these, and these guys before, but the moment I read the title, the Holy Spirit said to me, you need to read this book because this is what I've been trying to tell you to do. So I read the book and the book is simply called One Word. So you can imagine as I've been beating on the door of heaven, pounding on the door of heaven to get more from God and all I keep hearing is one word and I'm frustrated from God with God because I'm not getting more and suddenly I get a book that says one word. I was uh, okay, Lord. I didn't even have to read the book. I already knew. Like I literally already knew. It was like the Holy Spirit was like, Randy, you, you should have known this all along. I've been telling you one word. I'm like, yes, Lord, but I wanted more. And he's like, yeah, but I wanted to give you one word. And this is the conversation that was going on with me and God. And so I, I read the book and it brought light to my whole life and everything that was going on. And we've done this before. I've I've used this process before. I don't know why. I forgot. I don't know why it didn't make sense to me, but somehow in the moment, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me. And already our, our staff, our, my family, myself has been working through this process of hearing one word from God, believing that if God would send the word... If God would just send the word, whatever the word is, if he would send the word, it would have the power to completely heal every part of my life. It would create new things. It would give life to dead things. And he would reveal all types of things in my life that he wants to reveal to me. But I just have to get the one word. Can I share with you that God has one word for you? And if you could latch on to one word, one word from God, he could have the power to impact Every area of your life. And that's what I want to talk to you about in this series is is one word. And next week, I'm going to actually share with you what the one word is for triumph. But today, I want to talk to you about getting one word for your life, one word for your family, one word for your business, one word for your year, because if you had this one word from God, it could affect all six dimensions of your life simultaneously. You don't have to keep up with 36 different New Year's resolutions and trying to keep them going. Why? Because this one word is something that God wants to do in your heart. And the most important part of life change is heart change. And God wants to birth it in your heart and out of your heart affect every area of your life this year. One word. It doesn't matter if the problems change in June. God's already seen what's coming. He already knows what you need. And if he could put one word in your heart now, every problem that comes your way, you would find how God was using it to help you grow in these areas of your life. One word. In the beginning was the word. The Roman officer said, just send the word. I just need one word. It's simple and yet profound. Can I tell you how to find your word? Because I can't tell you your word. It's not, me for, it's not for me to stand up here and say, you know, stand up, your word is this, and, and, and your word is power, and, and your word is uh, integrity, and your word is trust, and your word is this, and your word is... No, no, no. It's the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you directly about your life. So here's the one word process. Are you ready? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. And I want to challenge you over the next week or so to really begin to do this. I, I encourage you to do it with your kids. I encourage you to do it as a family and, and as an individual. Uh, if you have a business, I encourage you to seek God for your business. All right, N- One word process. It begins right here. Look in. Look in. The idea of look in is to prepare your heart. To prepare your heart. Uh, I read a book years ago. My, my dad got me a, this um, autobiography of John Wooden, Wooden, and who's one of the greatest college basketball coaches in the history of the game. And he makes this famous quote. You may have heard it before. He said, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. So when we talk about looking in, we're talking about preparing our heart. The busyness of our life. We're so busy. We're so running so fast. There's so much noise. It's hard to hear from God because we're not in position to hear from God. Abraham Lincoln said it like this, if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first four hours sharpening my axe. What was his point? I can take a dull axe and I can hack and I can hack and I can hack and I can expend all of my energy. Or I could get prepared to chop down the tree and I could save myself energy and frustration. Preparing our hearts to receive from God. It's hard to hear if you aren't positioned. You see, I'm Convinced of this, busyness is a silent killer. Busyness is a silent killer. We, we often think that uh, activity equals achievement, and yet activity does not always equal achievement. Because I'm busy doing things, I'm getting somewhere, and yet we're not. Surviving in life leaves no time for living. We get so busy, and and, you know, during the hurricane, this is one of the things that, and and I'll talk about this more uh, when I share with you my personal word, but this is one of the things that really got me, is it's very easy for me, I really, I, I get a thrill from creating a list and checking things off of it. I know that's crazy for some of you, you're like, what are you talking about? Like, I really, like, endorphins fire in my brain when I create a list, do whatever's on it, and get to check it off. Is anybody else that way? good we 're not alone, okay um, and so but what happens is uh, it 's very easy for me to get caught up surviving and just doing whatever comes my way because it seems most important, most necessary most necessary, and most um, uh, mo- it, it's like it has to be done right now. It's vital. you got to stop and do this right now. And it's very easy for me to get caught up checking the boxes and just surviving. The problem is when you're surviving, you're not really living. When you're so busy wondering what your next meal is, where your next meal is going to come from, wh- wh- how you're going to survive the night, you're not worried about building for your future. You're just trying to survive the night. And the, the, the hurricane really exaggerated this for so many of us. I, I know for me, there's so many emergencies, so many things. And I, while I love the emergency, at the same time, it stops you from really living. Busyness is a silent killer. Surviving stops you from living. So we end up running on caffeine and adrenaline and just a sprinkle of grace, and we're no longer living on purpose. So we have to prepare our hearts. How do we do that? First off, you unplug. And I know this is crazy, but I'm going to challenge you to do this uh, uh, every day, as long as it takes to get your word. And truthfully, it's a good habit to begin if you're looking for a New Year's resolution. And that is to unplug. That means silence and solitude. Here's here's the kicker. No kids. All the body said, yes. No wives or husbands. Yes. (laughs) Hallelujah. That was too aggressive. You're still newly married there, Rakita. Uh, uh, you know, no spouses. But here's what else. No devices. Now, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm literally saying don't even turn on worship music. Don't listen to a podcast. Don't turn on a television. Don't open your computer. Literally get still and quiet. You think, why would I do that? First off, you'll be amazed at how smart you are how wise you are if you would stop listening to the noise around you and listen to the voice of God inside of you. And secondly, it's much easier to hear God in the silence than it is through the noise. So the first thing we got to do is get quiet, get still, get silent, get solitude. I know you're thinking right now, there's no way, Pastor, I can't go five minutes without my phone. I understand. Can I challenge you to try? Just try 20 minutes. Let's try 20 minutes with nothing else going on. You say, well, when do I do that? Get up 20 minutes early before everyone else does. Stay up 20 minutes after everyone else goes to bed and just find a time in your lunch break. Go sit in your vehicle. Get away from everyone else and just get quiet. We unplug. While we're there, what do we think about? Well, we, we ask questions. What do I need? What do I need is a really good question to ask. Uh, What areas need to change in my life most and why? Take a look at your own life and ask these questions of yourself. Number two, what's in my way? What's in my way? What obstacles are standing in front of me keeping me from being who God wants me to be this year? What is in my way? Um, What obstacles are preventing me from what I need? And Number three, what needs to go? What past mistakes or pain do I have that is stopping me that I just need to get rid of? The should-haves or the could-haves can prevent us from moving forward in our life. Ask yourself these three questions. And we're preparing our hearts. If you will start with silence and solitude and get ready, you'll be amazed at how fast God will speak to you. We can beat our, our, our head on the door of heaven saying, God, why aren't you speaking? Why aren't you speaking? Why aren't you speaking? And yet we never get quiet en- enough long enough to actually hear. So once we've looked in, the second thing we do is we look up. We look up. If you're taking notes, write that down. We look up. See, here's, here's what I'm convinced of. I'm a spiritual person. My steps are ordered of the Lord. God knew my end before my beginning. When he created me, he created me with a plan and a purpose. I am his masterpiece. But if I want to live out my life as his masterpiece, I have to ask the Holy Spirit what he is speaking to me. Because he's already seen my year and know what I'm going through. He's already seen my week and know what needs to change. He knows the good and the bad of me. The the Bible teaches that the heart is deceitfully wicked. It can deceive even you. No man can know it, but the Holy Spirit knows your heart. And so I look up to heaven and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me on the word for this year. Now, you say, well, Pastor Renan, I've never heard from God. I'm going I'm to tell you this, and I'm going I'm to step out and be really bold with you right now. But I'm going to tell you, if you will work this process, that God is looking to speak to you, and he will give you a word for this year. I say this with 100% confidence, with no backing down. My body language is not backing up while I tell you this. I'm stepping towards you, which is a, which is a body language that things I'm fully assured of what I'm saying. Do you have 100% confidence that if you will get still and quiet and ask God to speak to you, He will give you a word. If you say, I've never heard from God before, this is your year. He's about to. The Holy Spirit's about to speak to your life. If you'll, if you'll get still and quiet, and then you'll ask Him, He's going to speak to your life. Ask Him. Ask uh, Him. We don't just look in the mirror and make it a self-assessment, which is necessary, but we ask God. we we got to plug in. we got to plug into the Holy Spirit and see what the Holy Spirit is saying. I feel like many of us live our lives as Christians, and, and we live our life like a smartphone. We have all the power, all the ability in the world, but our battery's dead. And when your battery's dead on your phone, it shuts down Everything. You don't know what time it is. You don't know who to call because we don't remember anybody's numbers yet. You don't even remember how to get to work because Siri tells you every morning. You go there every day. We don't remember anything. We, can't rem- we don't have a calendar. We, can- we can't pay our bills because you just Apple pay. Now, we don't have anything because we have no power. And our lives function the same way as Christians. You have all of these gifts, all of these tools. G- uh, Paul wrote to us and said, you have these extraordinary gifts from God. You have the gift of words of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, the, the, the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing. You have all these incredible gifts, and yet we don't have access to them because we never plugged in to, and, and spent time with God in prayer ready to receive. So now we have no power. This week, one of the days that it was really, really cold, um, my kids, they, were, they didn't have school this week, so they were at home, and, and Lindsay and I were at work, and our power went out. Like 9 o'clock, like right after we left for work, the power went out. My kids didn't care. Until their phone ran out of battery, and they couldn't watch Netflix anymore. Suddenly, life was over. I got home later that afternoon, and I said, what would y'all do today? Dad, It's terrible. What would you do? Well, we took a nap, and we... Uh, we, we tried to play basketball outside, but it was too cold for that. It was like this, this world-shattering situation. Why? Because the phone died. They'd have never been bored. They could have done anything. They could have called us. They could have done all this stuff, but they couldn't do it because they had no power. How many of us can really look at our life and say, I may have all these gifts and all these talents that God has given me, but I'm not using them. And the real truth is because i have not plugged in to prayer. My battery's dead. Every year, we, we kick off our year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And when you leave today, you're actually going to get a card um, that, that looks like this. It will give you some details and what we're doing this year, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I want to encourage you to, to jump in this year, to step out, to do something maybe you've never done before. So there's three pieces that, the, that, that we're going to do this year. First off is our prayer time, and I encourage you to pray on your own. But not only that. Monday through Friday, uh, uh, one of our sets of pastors from, from one of our campuses will be live on Facebook for 21 minutes at 1221, and we'll be praying. And I, and I want you to jump in and join us in the group. Jump on live. You can post. You can post prayer requests. You can pray with us. But jump on live, and we're going to pray together. Uh, multiple congregations come together and pray. And, uh, and you know, it's 21 minutes. Hopefully right in the middle of your lunch break, some of you that won't work. Some of you can uh, be at work and you can stick your headphones in and, and just uh, pray a, as we pray while you continue to work, whatever it is. But I want to encourage you to pray with us Monday through Friday for 21 minutes a day. It's just 21 minutes, but you will be surprised what 21 minutes focused on God could do in your life. 21 minutes plugged into the outlet of the Holy Spirit. Um. To do that, I don't know if you guys have this ready, but you can uh, look on Facebook and you search Pray 21. Pray 21. So if you have your phone in your hand right now, feel free. Jump on Facebook, search 12, uh, Pray 21, and go ahead and ask to join the group. Any of our, our, our team can let you join, give you access. But that's where we'll be live at is Pray 21. There's a group called Pray 21. I'm going to keep saying it to you so you remember Pray 21. This starts tomorrow. While you do that, I'm going to keep talking. The second thing we're going to do is our devotion. Our devotion, we're we're asking all of our congregations to read one chapter of the Bible a day, starting with James James chapter 1. So we'll read all five chapters of James, and then we'll go to first and Second Peter, then we'll go to first, second and third John, and we'll end in Jude. You say, "Well, that's a lot of reading, Pastor Randon. Well, if you actually read one chapter a day, you can read all of that uh, in the next 21 days. This starts today. I hope you'll read James chapter one with us today when you get home, find some time, maybe read it as a family, and just let God speak to you. Talk about it. What does it mean? How is God speaking to you in your life? Additionally, with that, we're going to be memorizing. I know this is crazy. We're stepping way out here right now. Elbow your neighbor and say, Pastor, has gone crazy right now. We're going to memorize some verses of the Bible. We'll send you one verse to memorize every year. You know, the psalmist talked about how we hide the Word of God in our heart, that when we need it, it would be there. One of the great tools of our life is the access we have to the Bible. The Bible is on our phone now. We have an app on our phone, and we can read it so quickly. The problem is, when you really need it, You can't always get to it and find it, but if you'll hide the word of God in your heart, the Holy Spirit knows where it is. He'll pull it right out in the moment you need it. So I wanna challenge you to memorize some verses of scripture this year. We'll text those out to you uh, every day. And then thirdly is fasting. Everybody say, I'm excited. Here's what we're doing this year. I'm going to ask you for the next 21 days, starting after lunch today, to fast one cherished food item or one cherished item in your life. doesn't matter what it is. For some of you, it could be uh, Facebook. For others of you, it could be coffee. For others, it could be sweets. For others, it could be just whatever it is in your life. Fast one thing. So have it at lunch today and then be done and we'll break our fast together in three weeks at lunch on Sunday. So it'll be lunch to lunch. Are you tracking with me? One item. Can I encourage you? Get your kids involved with this. Get your kids involved. Your kids need to learn how to grow in their relationship with God, how to give the first part of their year to God. And so my my kids have already been working on what are they going to give to God this year. They're, uh, They're undecided because they like some things very much. I told them if you like it that much that you don't think you can, that's probably what you need to do right there. Um, secondly, for those that want to take a step further And I hope that you all will I want to challenge you to fast all meals One day a week so That's just three total days, one day a week So if you eat, you know you, That would be like noon to noon Right? So from 12 o'clock on one day To 12 o'clock the next day Or 5 o'clock on one day to 5 o'clock the next day Or 9 in the morning to 9 in the evening Whatever you choose the time, it doesn't matter to me But fast for 24 hours if you, if you, How many of you have, uh, have fasted 24 hours before? Good good, good, I'm challenging you and for everybody else that didn't raise their hand if you're a member at Triumph, I am challenging you to make this be your year to so step out, give it a shot you can do it, it's only 24 hours i tell you what else it'll do, if you get hungry enough you'll go to bed earlier, you'll get a good night's sleep too <laughs> that's the best way to deal with fasting hunger is just go to sleep right there <laughs> I'm sorry, was that too real, was that too honest I didn't, I didn't mean to I, you know all right, so you'll get one of these on your way out the door. I'm challenging you. Look in, get silent, but then look up and ask God. God will speak to you. He'll give you a word. The final thing is look out, which is talking about living out your word. What you're going to find is the moment you, God gives you your word and you make a commitment to it, you're going to see opportunities that are immediately going to present themselves in one of those six areas of your life to start working on. To to impact your life, starting with your heart and working out from there. Keep your word front and center. Don't just check the box, but experience the journey. And don't let life cause you to forget your word. Post it where you can. Put it on your mirror. Put it in your car. Put it on the the screenshot of your uh, phone. Whatever it takes, keep the word in front of you because this is going to be God's word for your entire year. And you will see how, as the year unfolds, how new things evolve. You see, we, we hear a word from God based off what we see now, but what God already knows is he's going to give you the perfect word that lasts you all year. And every new problem that comes your way, God has already got a plan in place to help you with. He wants to speak with you. Live out your word. I'm going to close uh, this morning and, and just and just share with you a little bit about my word. And you know, we've been working with our staff. It's been so amazing. I, I actually worked on this process because I already knew what the word for the church was, but I didn't know what the word for my life was going to be. And I thought it was going to be something, and I I was living based off of that. And I challenged my staff to to get their word, to hear from God over the holidays, which they did an amazing job of. And the whole time I was convinced like this is going to be my word. And then one morning in my silence and solitude, God changed my word. And it's already began to impact my life. And it, and it challenged me, it convicted me, um, and it encouraged me all at the same time. I told you how it's very easy for me to get busy uh, responding to the things that come my way and stop living. This is actually, while, while I enjoy it at a time, it also, um, it's not really who I am. I'm actually a visionary. I, I, I love to dream and I love to envision, I love to create new things. When I go to the movies, my wife will tell you, I get extremely frustrated. My favorite part of the movie is not even the movie, it's the previews. I'm being dead serious. I love the previews. I get really frustrated if we miss the previews, like to the point of, I don't care that we're on a date right now. You can stay here. I'm going to see the previews. Now I don't do that because I value my wife more, but it's sometimes neck and neck. She knows this about me. And she says, why do you love the previews so much? It's because I said, Lindsay, I don't know. I'm a visionary, and I like to see what's coming. I like to know what's ahead. You want this for me. You want me to be a visionary, because you want me to be a visionary as a man of God in in this church, in this house, and, and, and that speaks into your future and the future of Triumph Church and our families. You want me to be that visionary. But it's so easy for life to get... To take over and the noise and the busyness to take over, and I stop being a visionary. I stop looking at the horizon. I start looking at the problems all around me because they're everywhere. This is a struggle in my life, and so God speaks to me and He says, "Randon, your word is vision." And in that moment, I, I was I was convicted and encouraged, all at the same time, because I knew that the Holy Spirit was right. Well, I thought it was going to be something else. I was only looking at one small piece. God said, "Randon, you need vision." You need vision for your marriage, you need vision for your health, you need vision as a father, you need vision as a pastor, you need vision as a man of God. You need vision in every area of your life. You need vision for, for, for your mindset. You need vision for your emotions because if not, your emotions will w- run wild. So, Randon, set a vision for you. In a moment, I in that moment, I knew it was God knew it was the holy spirit already every morning i wake up and i come back what vision am i living out today or what vision am i looking for today or what vision am i speaking out today in every area of my life it's already had a massive impact why do i tell you that because i believe that god wants to speak your perfect word to you i was amazed as we sat around with our team this week and all of our interns and everybody we sat around together And we started sharing. And and as I heard how God spoke to them in different places. It could be anywhere. God can speak to you anywhere. Driving down the road, getting out of the shower, running and jogging while you're on a treadmill. God can speak to you anywhere. He can speak to you through a song. He can speak to you through a scripture. He can speak to you in any way. But he wants to speak to you. And that's what I need you to know. God wants to speak to you. He wants to give you one word that has the power to bring complete healing. It has the power to create. It has the power to give life. And it has the power to reveal things that you didn't know were there. I wanna pray over you and challenge you. I believe the Holy Spirit is here somehow. you're, you're nodding at me right now, and I, and I feel there, for many of you, there's, some, there's something confirming in your spirit. You probably have been hearing the word all along, and right now you're like, I already know my word, Pastor Ryan. I already know it. It's going to be this. I already know. Why? I want you to keep praying about it because God will sometimes evolve that word into his word, but already he's speaking to you, and he wants to do great things this year. Can I pray over you? Can I pray over your year? That be okay? Father, I thank you for every person in this room, every person watching online right now, wherever we are. Lord, I believe that it is your great desire to lead us this year, to speak to us one word. And God, when it is a word from you, if you would just send the word. It contains the power to completely heal every area of our life. It contains the power to create new things. It contains the power to give life to old things, to dead things, to things we thought we had lost. Father, it, creates, it It gives the power to see things that we didn't even know that were there. That you want to reveal things in us and through us and around us. God, you want to reveal your plans and your masterpiece in our life. Lord, speak to your people. Give us the diligence, and the commitment to spend our time in prayer, focusing on you, looking in, looking up, so we can look out and live out our word for you, Lord God. Speak and speak clearly. Lord, I'm standing here today declaring that you have a word for every single person that's listening right now. Lord, speak now. In Jesus' name we pray.